0: Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The Spring Reading Guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities, and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 Spring Reading Guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to The Reader's Couch Podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things, and having fun. Today on The Couch, I'm so excited to welcome author Emily Ruth Verona to talk about her novel, Midnight on Beacon Street. Now, I love a classic horror movie, especially those movies from the 80s and 90s. So it was no surprise I absolutely adored Midnight on Beacon Street because this book is a love letter to those classic horror movies. So if you're a fan, this book is definitely for you. So in Midnight on Beacon Street, we follow a babysitter named Amy, who is hired to watch six-year-old Ben and 12-year-old Mira while their mom goes on a date. But Amy's world is turned upside down when a group of teens arrive for a party, supernatural occurrences start happening... A mysterious caller who hangs up as soon as she answers the phone. And then Ben finds himself standing over a dead girl's body in a pool of blood just after midnight. So in this episode, Emily and I talk about her new book, and we had so much fun playing some 1990s classic horror movie trivia. So this trivia is filled with fun facts, some of those classic lines in movies, and lots more. So when you are listening to this section, play along. I would love to hear from you about your take on this classic horror trivia. But anyway, before we get into the episode, please leave the podcast a five-star rating if you haven't already. Subscribe to the show so you'll be notified when we have new episodes, share this episode or any of your favorite episodes with your bookish friends, and if you have that extra time, write me a review, because it really helps the show, and I'll be forever grateful for it. So, thanks in advance, and now on to the episode with author Emily Ruth Verona. Hi, readers. Welcome again to the Reader's Couch. I'm your host, Victoria Wood, and here on the couch with me to talk about her new novel, Midnight on Beacon Street, is author Emily Ruth Verona. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Reader's Couch. Hi, Victoria.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yay, I'm so excited to have you here. I think the words I've been using to describe your book, horror and nostalgia, because I got so much nostalgia from this one. I absolutely loved it. But before we get into the book, I want to know how you're feeling. Uh, Tell all listeners, how are you feeling? How excited are you? Um, What is this experience like?
1: It's, it's been very surreal. Um, It's, it's been wonderful. I've, I've been writing since I was a little kid. I've wanted to publish novels since I was six. So it's just, and the book came out yesterday, um, as of this recording, and it's, it's just been a dream come true. It's, it's been really exciting.
0: Oh, how fun. I love hearing that. So tell us about your book. What is your elevator pitch for midnight on Beacon Street? And what can readers expect when they pick up a copy?
1: Um, Midnight on Beacon Street is uh, set during the course of one night in 1993 when a babysitter named Amy is uh, watching these two kids while their mom's out for the night. Um, It's told out of order um, starting at the midnight uh, with a dead body in the kitchen and the little boy standing over it. And uh moves back and forth from there and you find out all the things that happen through the course of the night. It's very 90s. Um, and uh yeah, I I, I think it's 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 a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> it is a lot of fun. And again, 90s is nostalgia. The 90s were my heyday, so I was living for mm-hmm. this. So let's talk about Amy. She's a babysitter, she's 17 years old, she's babysitting for Eleanor. They both have things going on in their lives. Tell us about Amy first and then let's talk about Eleanor.
1: Okay. Um, well, Amy is high school babysitter, uh, so very popular uh trope usage there. Uh she's anxious, she's a little insecure. Um, she absolutely loves horror movies. She finds this weird sense of calm in them, which is something I deeply identify with. And she's babysitting for Eleanor, who's a single mother of two, uh, has a lot of confidence and a lot of personality. And Amy just kind of sees Eleanor as someone to look up to. And like, gee, like, I wish I could do that without feeling like I'm a stumbling mess. Cause that's how Amy kind of feels about herself at times, especially when faced with people she thinks are cooler than herself.
0: And then the kids that she's babysitting for are Mira and Ben. Ben is the little one. Uh, I think he's what five or six, and yeah. Mira, twelve, thirteen, I think. Uh, tell us about these two kids. I, I I actually liked Ben. Ben just seems very just calm and chill and reserved, younger brother. So tell us about the two children.
1: Yeah, um, Ben and and Mira, they're 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 really good kids. Um, ben is very shy. Amy sees a lot of herself in Ben. He has kind of has this reserved exterior, and from his point of view, chapters you can tell there's there's a lot going on on the inside. But you know, outwardly he kind of you know keeps a lot of thoughts to himself, except for when he's talking to his sister. Um, he's more open with her, and then Mira is just very much a (laughs) preteen um she she can be a little scary but her heart's in the right place and um even if she pretends that she doesn't care um and she's she's just you know going through a lot middle school age is just a a nightmare in general um and she's just trying to navigate that and now stuck with this babysitter she thinks she's too old to have
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. So what I loved about this book is that it's it sticks to the true classic nature, you know, classic babysitter horror novel. However, it felt very fresh. So I really enjoyed that. But let's start with the classic bits. So babysitting, normal uh, night, you know, everything starts out normal. But then we have some surprise guest We have the children's father who pops in and we have a body in the kitchen. Um, So tell me about these elements and why was it important for you to kind of include that?
1: Well, I've always loved... Um, stories that are told out of order. And I love stories that, like, kind of hit you in the gut right away. And then you kind of, from there, piece together everything that's gone on. I was watching the TV show How to Get Away with Murder a lot during the time that this was written. And I just absolutely love that show. And yeah, in terms of the different things that happen in the house through the course of the night, I was very interested in just kind of looking at all the different facets of the babysitter trope and in relation to, you know, who the characters are and what's going on. And I, I, I liked, I very much liked rooting the story in the house and the house is the home base. The house is the framework for the entire story. And what can, what are the possibilities of what can pop up while they're there?
0: Right, right. Absolutely. When you said how to get away with murder, I was like, I tried to keep in. <laughs> Mike, side. I absolutely loved that show. It was just so, so good.
1: I love it so much. I actually, I, I have, I have a picture of Annalise Keating above my desk. Like I just, I loved it so much.
0: No way. Okay. You are so cool right now. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, the whole dynamic with the show, it was just uh, so amazing. And you have a poster, like you're the coolest person ever. <laughs> That is so awesome. So, um, yes. So, you know, some uh, unexpected people show up at the house. Amy, the babysitter, is also plagued by a mysterious caller. Ben, mm-hmm. the the son uh, who she's babysitting, uh, he sees a ghost and a person stalking the house. And like we said, there's a dead girl um, downstairs on in the kitchen floor. Mm -hmm. I loved all these elements. Mm -hmm. So it had me thinking about those classic 1990s horror movies. So we are going to play a fun game. There's going to be some trivia Mm -hmm. in there. And I'm just going to list some rapid fire questions. I'll also do some multiple choice questions. And we're just going to have fun with, Mm -hmm. again, classic horror trivia. Are you ready? I love it. I love it. Yes. Yes. Okay, awesome. So we're going to start with some quick fire questions. What is your favorite horror movie? Scream. What's your favorite horror movie hero?
1: The plucky newspaper lady in the 1930s film Mystery of the Wax Museum.
0: Ooh, okay. <laughs> I love how specific that was. Who's your favorite horror movie villain now?
1: Oh, that one's really hard. Um, I, uh, Norman Bates. I'd say Norman Bates.
0: Okay. I like that one too. Okay. So now we're going to get into trivia. What do you think was the highest grossing horror movie of the 1990s? So I'm going to give you options. Mm -hmm. Scream 2, The Sixth Sense, The Silence of the Lambs or Misery?
1: Uh, Highest grossing. I'm going to guess The Sixth Sense.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. And it was nominated for best picture at the Oscars. Okay, which teen slasher from the 90s was based on a novel? So we have Scream, The Faculty, Urban Legend, I Know What You Did Last Summer.
1: Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer? Yes. Oh.
0: <laughs> it was a YA book uh, written by Loy Duncan. Okay, the 1999 hit, The Blair Witch Project, took place in the forest of which state? West Virginia, Pennsylvania,
1: Maryland, or New York. Oh, I want to say West Virginia or Maryland. So I'm going to guess Maryland. Maryland's right. Ah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was actually surprised to find out that this was a budget film. The budget was thirty-five thousand to sixty thousand, mm. and it ended yeah. up grossing like over two hundred million, which is wild. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's another classic '90s um, movie. In the movie Final Destination, what city were the characters flying to in the start of the film? Paris. Oh, no, you're right. Paris. I didn't even have to give you options. I live. I guess you love that. Oh, film. I
1: forgot there. Were, I forgot there were options.
0: So <laughs> no, you're good. I
1: just got, I just got so excited because I love Final Destination.
0: <laughs> I love that. No, no, no. This is really cool. But yes, it's Paris. Okay. So um, these are some more quick fires. What would you do if you started seeing dead people?
1: Um, I would probably keep it to myself and build like a very methodical, like research based thing (laughs) as to figuring out why it was happening, because I would want to have a lot of things to back me up when I started telling people about
0: it. Yeah. okay, that makes sense. What would you do if all the lights in your house started flickering? Um,
1: I mean, sometimes that happens anyway. There was actually this light post um, at my college that used to always flicker every time I walked by it, which was rather unsettling. Um, so I don't know if I'd really read that much into it, even though I do read into horror tropes a lot.
0: Oof, okay. Well, I would be scared. What would you do if you found a body downstairs now?
1: I would grab my dog, leave the premises, and then call the police.
0: Yep. That sounds like a plan. What would you do if you woke up in a room surrounded by porcelain dolls? Now I know some people think that's scary.
1: I would assume I was in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And that my life had taken a devastating turn.
0: Devastating turn. I love it. Okay. What would you do if you were the last survivor of a zombie apocalypse?
1: Oh, uh, well, I, I I probably wouldn't be. But um, if I were, I would live remotely in the woods with my dog in this in like a small cabin <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome
1: okay so there's some famous movie lines
0: right uh, from films. so I'm gonna tell you the line and you're gonna tell me what film it's from so the quote is whatever you do don't fall asleep oh uh Nightmare on Elm Street yes listen to them children of the night what music they make
1: oh I know this one I know it. Um, uh, I don't know. I'd rather say Start I don't know than yes D. wrong. Okay, it starts with a D. It's a classic.
0: Oh, um uh classic novel. Listen to them, Children of the Night, what music they make. It's Dracula.
1: Oh, Dracula! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. it makes sense that I
0: didn't know that one. <laughs> No, you're good. Okay. <laughs> I see dead people. Oh, the sixth sense. Of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, you are still alive. Most people are so ungrateful to be alive, but not you, not anymore. Oh, I know that.
1: Uh... It's a movie,
0: it has three letters in the name. Very popular. And you have part one, part two, I think part three, a whole bunch Song? of parts. yes. <laughs> ah. Okay. Last one. Oh, you got a letter? I got run over. Helen gets her hair chopped off, and Julie gets a body in her trunk, and you get a letter that's balanced. Um,
1: jawbreakers?
0: I know what you did last summer.
1: Oh, I know what you did last summer. Oh, that's right, the hair, oh, I remember it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that <part laughs> section was a bit tough, so um, I give you kudos for participating, uh, but thanks for playing the
1: game. Yay! Oh, you are, you are most welcome. That was a blast. I love that. I, I, I wish, I wish all interviews were just asking me about movies.
0: (laughs) I'm telling you the thing with this novel, I really got those classic horror vibes, but again, it was so fresh and it, it just really took me back to um, Halloween. I was trying to think of some Halloween trivia that wasn't too uh, ridiculous, (laughs) but I loved Halloween. um, Mm. And I was really thinking of that. I was thinking of Scream, Scream was also amazing. Um, so yeah, I I was living for this novel. Uh, but on that note, let's get into your writing life. Tell me about the backstory for this novel. Where did the idea come from? What was your inspiration? What made you decide to write Midnight on Beacon Street?
1: It, I mean, it's been it's been a long time coming. I started it like seven-ish years ago, um, when I was a nanny for my nieces. And um at the time I I had always wanted to write. Story that took place over the course of like a single period of time. When I was in uh college, I uh majored in creative writing and cinema studies and I wrote my thesis on um like single setting um films. So like movies like uh Rope or um like there's uh this uh Richard Linklater movie called Interview, where the entire movie takes place over the course of like in real, so to speak, real time, like in one setting, because I, I find the Like just the constricted nature of that really fascinating, Um, and so I wanted to write a story like that. And I love things like How to Get Away with Murder and Memento, and I I wanted to write so I wanted to write something out of order. And I've just always really loved the babysitter trope. I think it's so classic.
0: Yes, it's very very classic indeed for sure. I I love the babysitter trope. So now that you've written the book right? I know it's out there in the world. It's early days yet, but you've been seeing some thought from readers out there. Looking back at your experience as a writer, um, how how do you feel now that the book is available?
1: I feel at peace in a very, very weird way. Um, I've kind of, like, I've I've woken up every morning pretty much my entire life, like, waiting for this to happen. (laughs) And so the fact that it's out there, I feel like I I wake up and I'm like, oh, I did it. And it's really and it's really it's it's just I feel like this 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 sense of peace that was prior to this, I think, just kind of filled with this this sense of like longing and hoping and such. Oh, that's
0: amazing. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would you tell her?
1: Um, you're going to be okay. (laughs) you're going to be okay just write everything you enjoy writing and it it, it might it might not all like come out in the order in which you write it or the way you think it will but just write write what you enjoy and keep on doing that and eventually you'll get somewhere
0: oh I love that that's awesome so now that midnight on beacon street is out there are you working on any other projects any other books what can you tell us
1: Um, Well, I have a finished manuscript that I can't really talk about right now um, Mm -hmm. that I'm very excited about. And I'm uh, also finished a uh, poetry collection that I have out on submission that's like related to horror and my love of Emily Dickinson. And it's kind of strange and delightful. Um, And I'm currently working on a contemporary uh, mystery novel novel that's very much like a, a whodunit and um, it it has to do with some people and who they used to know from their childhood and high school and such and now they're in their 30s and um, I'm just I I started it a long time ago and then I kind of shelved it and I've been revisiting it lately and I'm having a lot of fun with it.
0: Oh that's really exciting well at least we know we have books to look forward to even though you can't <laughs> talk about it too much so that's fine. <laughs> Okay, let's get into your reading life. Because again, Mm -hmm. even though we're here to talk about your book, Midnight on Beacon Street, we want to know what our authors are reading. So share with our Mm -hmm. listeners, the last book or books you finished reading that you'd now recommend.
1: Um. Yes. Well, I I just finished reading um, *Hollow Girls* by Jessica Drake Thomas. Um, and it doesn't come out until March, uh, this March, but it's really, 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 really good. Um, and then in terms of books I um just finished that are out in the world, um, I've I've really found uh, *Looking Glass Sound* by Catriona Ward really interesting, and I just read *The Writing Retreat* by Julia Bartz, which I had been really excited to. To read, and I just finished that one the other day, and that was a lot of fun.
0: Ooh, how fun. What would you say was your favorite
1: childhood book or books when you were growing up? Um, as a kid, my favorite books were uh, A Little Princess by Frances Hodgson Burnett and uh, Number of the Stars by Lois Lowry. Ooh, what, what are your go to genres? Um, <laughs> this is going to be weird. So, my go to genres are like mystery, horror, and historical fiction.
0: <laughs> yeah. I read
1: I read a lot of the Dear America books growing up and it made like a huge impression. I love historical fiction.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. Mm. And what books are you looking forward to reading in the year ahead?
1: Oh, um, there, are, there are a number of them. Uh, I just got uh, This Wretched Valley by Jenny Kiefer, and I'm really excited to read that. And then uh, books coming out this year that I'm super excited about are Beneath the Poet's House by Krista Carmen, uh, A Botanical Daughter by Noah Medlock, I Was a Teenage Slasher by Stephen Graham Jones, and This Skin Was Once Mine and Other Disturbances by Aaron LaRocca.
0: Wow, that sounds like you have a really big TBR, just like most of us readers. But like us readers, you know, we love reading books, but sometimes we have a few struggles here and there. We sometimes fall into reading slumps. Sometimes mm-hmm. people are trying to find more time to read. So share with our listeners things that have worked for you when one, you're going through a reading slump, but also two, any tips you have to help uh, people find more time to read?
1: Um, Reading slumps, I'd say uh, find out what writers you enjoy are reading, um, especially with social media and stuff. You can often, you know, find out like what writer, uh, writers who really resonate with you have been reading or excited about. And I find that's often a good way to find uh, new books. Uh, I would say also looking at um, some, some indie presses is always uh, new releases is always a really good idea because you, they might not be adding as much press, but you can really find some wonderful books that way. And then in terms of not having time to read, I don't know what to say because I oft I, f- I feel like it's it's a never-ending battle to find time to read and then reading when you're supposed to be doing other things. So I don't know if I'm a good person to give advice on that. <laughs> no
0: worries, no worries at all. I think we all struggle. Um so yeah, sometimes it's hard kind of coming back to the books because there's so many destructions out there. Mm-hmm. But in addition to loving books and reading and authors and all that good stuff, we also love our indie bookstores. So share with our Mm -hmm. listeners some of your favorite local or indies you've discovered on your travels.
1: Um, well, I, I, I've always liked McNally Jackson in, in New York and, uh, it's definitely not an indie, but it does have a cool story of, um, my, my favorite, uh, Barnes and Noble or my favorite bookstore as a child was a Barnes and Noble and it was in Ledgewood, New Jersey and it closed down a couple of years ago. And it actually, um, like they literally like paved the, the lot, like it's gone. And then, uh, this past couple months they announced that they were reopening in a different location in the same shopping center and they opened a couple weeks ago just in time for my book to come out and that was really exciting for me just because it felt like my childhood uh bookstore like resurrected and it was that was a lot of fun but uh yeah um I I haven't been but butcher cabin books which does horror books just sounds really awesome so does uh the um ghoulish bookstore in Texas I've wanted to check that out
0: Amazing. That sounds awesome. So getting back to your book now, getting back to Midnight on Beacon Street again, I know you've done your job, you've written a book, you've given it to us, but in an ideal world, what are you hoping readers might think or feel or any reactions you're hoping they might have after they've uh, turned the last page?
1: Um, I just... Uh, I've gotten I've gotten some reader feedback of people just feeling like you know they've read something very moving and they really connected with the characters and that's that's kind of like the dream uh that's that's what I want people to get from reading anything I've written is to just kind of see something in the book that they might uh, feel like they don't see a lot or might really identify with and just have it have the story and the characters and especially the the nostalgic 90s really resonate yes that's 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 what i want to see
0: well i felt the nostalgia oozing through these pages Mm -hmm. i had so much fun with this novel which is why i had to play a game with you (laughs) And there is the horror there are the twists. you know it's lots of fun the suspense is there and um yeah i i think you did an amazing job and i appreciate you taking the time to chat with me thank you so much for coming on the show
1: Well, thank you so much for, for, for reading and having me on and playing movie trivia games with me. I absolutely love that now. And I'm going to request it at all interviews. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, this was so much fun. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Reader's Couch podcast. Please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. Until next time, stay lounging, stay reading, and whenever you're in doubt, go straight to your local bookstore or library. Thanks again for listening, and happy reading.